Do you like to binge watch TV? Did you know you could binge listen to podcasts? Head over to electronicmediacollective.com where they have podcasts for days. You like podcasts about wrestling? They have that. Do you like podcasts about TV and film? They have that. Do you like podcasts about horror? EMC has that too. Do you like comedy? Do you like books? Guess what? They've got you covered. Head over to electronicmediacollective.com Pick your favorite podcast today. Hey, this is Luke Hawker from Krampus, and you're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. my 13 horrifying days of Christmas and that you haven't really lost your holiday spirit. If you have, you'll get a visit from today's guest. What better way to kick off season two than with a holiday horror movie? From the 2015 hit Krampus, please welcome Krampus himself, Mr. Luke Hawker. Hello. I mean, hello. How are we doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, I really wanted to do Krampus for uh, my season two premiere and i'm looking through and you know i'm looking at everybody that i could reach out to and like i I see your name and it's like yeah let's get krampus you know screw it let's (laughs) let's just go for the monster himself you know (laughs) go to the source when i set out to do it it was one of the longest shots i've ever taken and I was extremely giddy when I got the uh, email back from your rep. Like, yeah, no problem. I was like, holy fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's nice to hear. I, I am, I, I'm someone who, who uh, am, am a fan. That That's why I do what I do. Uh, you know, first and foremost, I'm a fan. So if there's anyone who wants to listen about the crazy stuff we do, anyone willing to spend some time, you know, thinking and listening and going, wow, that sounds like a crazy job or who's this silly person on the other end of the line. Uh, I'm happy to do it because the, without the fans, without the, the audience, we don't have jobs. <laughs> and, and you know, and they're also, as I said, I'm, I'm a fan myself. Like I, I go crazy when I'm, I meet people because it's an impressionable environment. I have to swallow it. Um, uh, but you know, it, it's, it's a, it, I don't want to say gift, but it is a privilege to work in the industry that I do. So I feel we should always be able to, you know, spend time with the people who care about it. Well, and yeah, I mean, you've had a very interesting path to get to actor. I mean, mm. <laughs> there's makeup department, 
special effects and acting. And th- this might sound like a weird question, but honestly, which do you, which part of the process do you prefer? The the part of the process that I prefer is. And it actually happened the other day because I still work at Weta, um, making prosthetics and creatures and armor and weapons and guns. Um, and it, it's when the inanimate or the fantastical uh, becomes real. Like you look at a, at a at a sock puppet like Kermit the Frog, and it suddenly becomes real. And that, that's the point to me, which always makes me go, "Holy crap! That, that, that this is a real creature now." Like you're looking at labyrinth, and there's these things that are just you know latex and stuff. And so for me, anything that I can do to create a creature or become a creature is where I get really super, super jazzed. And so usually it's, it's being involved in, in the making, you know, that, that's a real, real, you know, point of difference. But I, I love being able to do that. Uh, I think performing for me and, and especially creature and stunt performing for me is the thing that gets me super psyched. Um, but you know, a very, a very close second is, is making things that will one day become uh inanimate becoming animate that that's the thing that gets me you know really 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 excited yeah because i mean you work at like the premier uh fantastical creation workshop i mean weta is like top tier in props and prosthetic making for these movies i mean lord of the rings the list goes on and on for movies that they're part of and i mean if you Mm -hmm. want fantasy props and stuff that's who you go to yeah yeah it, it, it is um and i think i think the thing is is it and i realized that when i first came here because when i first came here on rings in um 1999 i was 18 and i was actually making a decision of my brother got a job here making prosthetics and making creatures on on rings and and i was going to go to drama school i just finished high school uh, and I was a dancer and a gymnast, um, and I was like, well, you know, and an actor, and that was what I wanted to do. That was my passion. And so I was getting geared up to go to drama school, but he was like, why don't you take a year off and come over to New Zealand and work on a project that I can't tell you about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, is it cool? And he's like, dude, dude, you have no idea. <laughs> Trust me, it'll be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And and so I turned up having, you know, because the reason why I think I was a, a performer from a very early age is because he's an older brother than me and he liked making creatures and we watched, you know, Terminator, Predator, Alien, um, Aliens, you know, that was our that was our, our education into film. And and so at a very young age, he was making those things, you know, very talented artist and sculptor and creator. And I was always helping him and then wearing the things that we made. So from a very early age, and this is back when we were shooting stuff on Super 8, we would make little films on Super 8, you know, negative film that we would then get processed and, you know, and wait weeks and weeks to see. And, um, and I just, I just naturally started realizing that I liked being in front of the camera and performing and doing cool stuff. Uh, and so that, that was my whole thing. I was like, yep, I'm performing. I'm going to be an actor. But then he was like, dude, you've got to come over here just cause you know, of what's going on. And when I turned up and realized what it was, I, shat my pants it was just like holy shit i can't believe they're making this and they're making it in new zealand uh and and then you know i first started making orcs and hobbit feet and i remember thinking for the first probably three or four months where i was working 12 hours a day without a day off i was like i can't believe they're paying me to do this i can't believe they're paying me to make creatures to make monsters um it was literally a dream come true i mean straight out of high school 
um, was was pretty amazing. Um, and you know, I, the, the opportunity I had, and, and I think the whole opportunity everyone had is involved with rings. You still you still feel it when you see we call them rings, brothers and sisters, because you see them, and and you, it's just a you are shared kind of journey for those for those four or five years that we were making. We we knew it was amazing and cool, but we didn't know how cool until the first film came out, and that's when we were like. Holy shit. So when the first film came out and you actually got to see everything up on the big screen mm. and the fan reaction, you're just like, I was part of that. Mm, yeah. yeah li- literally in the cast and crew, I remember saying, holy fuck, that's my name. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for me, that that is still one of the, you know, the most amazing, amazing things to happen is to have your name on the back of a film that not only is good, but then obviously we didn't know what then, but um, you know, some of the best best trilogies were made. Yeah, because you know, I mean, I made some stuff for it, but I'm not going to take any credit for the story or the acting or the you know all the journey that Peter Peter took us on. Uh, it's one of the the best trilogies of all time, in my opinion. Oh yeah, and it's fun hearing good prosthetic stories out of this because the only prosthetic story I've heard up to this point was from uh, John Reese davies who had <laughs> issues with his prosthetics. And uh, he, was like, he was allergic to the latex for his nose. And mm. he's like, I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, very, very uh, serendipitous uh, journey here. I actually made his prosthetics. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I, I was the lad technician that made all of his prosthetics back in the shop, uh, and so I would get calls from Gino Acevedo, who was who was applying them on set, and he was like, "Man, whatever you're doing, can you try doing less of this? Try doing less of that." John is not having a good time, and and yeah, I, it was. I mean, we were making it up as we went along. There's the prosthetic system we we're using was silicon, and we hadn't done silicon before. Uh, people in the states have been doing it, but we hadn't done it. And so, trying to make silicon prosthetics, it was. Oh, we we call it rip shit and bust in in New Zealand, which is basically just try to figure out how to make something you never made before. And my brother and I and Gino and uh, Jason Doherty at, at Weta, we we kind of came up with a system that sort of worked. And I guess poor poor John was the guinea pig. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it, it ended up uh, ended up looking pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, if, if I'm, I'm sure he's he's not listening. If he was, he would have turned it off by now. Saying I'm not listening to this drivel. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Apologies, John. <laughs> you know, yeah. But it was um, yeah, yeah. Skin of our teeth stuff. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> I can't believe that that's actually the connection. That that's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, all uh, the people that you know work prosthetics on this thing, and I get the. I happened to luck into the one guy that connects <laughs> the two stories I now have. That's that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, John was a trooper. I mean, and and, and I mean, I've worn prosthetics a lot, but I haven't worn them day in day out for months on end, probably a couple of weeks on end. Uh, and and that's it takes a real toll, and it's that that whole thing of of. You know, that job you hate doing, doing the dishes, taking out the trash, but you have to do it every day and you turn up in the morning and you're tired 
is still sticky from the day before and you have to put it on and then to have a skin condition on top of it. I mean, John, yeah, John, John was a trooper, but everyone on, on rings was a trooper. Right? I say, especially kind of for just... how miserable he, it sounds like he was. I mean, to be willing to keep, you know, putting yourself through that every day for three movies. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, it, that's it, dedication. Really, yeah. It is, and I think we all felt that, and it was a collective uh, kind of nod to each other. And I mean, you just need to look at Vigo and what Vigo did, and, and watching on him on set was like watching a ballerina with a sword and orcs, you know, watching was, him break his was, uh, toe or foot, whichever that was. Uh, yeah, and his tooth as well. Oh. Um, uh, sliced his hand open at one point. I don't know if you know that story. Yeah. He had uh, alley blaze. Yeah, he just d- dipped it in mud under a bandage and kept going. I mean, the dude. The dude was made out of concrete. Um, you know, he made the stunties get worried because he was good. He was so tough. Um, he, yeah, he, he was um, amazing. Um, but yeah, as I said, everyone on that job, it was a dream job. It still is probably the most magical experience that I've had in film. And many other people who worked on it say the same. Set the bar really high for every film afterwards I uh, bet. to work on. Yeah. Um, but again, it's that whole sense of privilege that you got to create such amazing things and work on such cool things. You've managed to be part of some pretty big films. I mean, even if it's just, you know, essentially background noise as far as characters go. I mean, Mm. there's King Kong, Avatar, you're a goblin in The Hobbit. I mean, Mm -hmm. these aren't like little low budget movies. (laughs) Um,. The Devil's Rock was, but <laughs> the Devil's Rock was yes, that was a little low budget movie, and, that was, and that it was wasn't that time. bad. I just watched it last night, and it, mm. it, actually, it was actually pretty decent. Mm. No, I, I enjoyed that. The, the small time I had on it as well was uh, I felt like banding together and making cool stuff. Though the vomit that they got me to to, to have, uh, which was like yogurt and and instant soup, and for some reason it had to be warm. I don't know, but uh, I mean, you know, that was um pretty horrible. But hey, you know. I didn't get stuff that glued to my face every day that made me break out in rashes, so you know I can suck it up for a couple of minutes. <laughs> I say I will say, um, yeah, it's definitely a blink and you'll miss it. Roll, I know because yeah. I blinked and I missed it, so <laughs> I had to go back. I'm like, I know he's in here. Where did this character? Yeah. Where, where where did this character go? <laughs> well, the funny thing was, is um, I actually had a much larger role in it, and basically we were doing the rehearsal, and I'd. I'd learnt uh, about a page and a half, maybe two pages of German, and I had to go to a German-speaking uh, coach to learn my lines and figure out the intentions. Because uh, you know, I didn't speak German, uh, and I spent all this time doing that, and uh, and you know, had had a rehearsal with the director and talk about you know what's going on, and you know, I was talking about oh my god, what's going on, and they're they're doing horrible things, you know, they're doing they're bringing up the defo. Uh and I was supposed to you know come out and say it in German, you know, and then the, the guys sort of you know uh, kill me. But as I come out during the block through on set, uh, the lead actor, he, he just, he we went through, through the run through and he just turns to the director and says, wouldn't I just kill him before he said all that shit? Like, <laughs> why would I let him say all that stuff? And I was just like, oh shit, I know where this is going. And then the director was like, actually, yeah, you're right. Hey Luke, so when you come out, you're just going to get stabbed instantly. And I was like, ah, oh, realism. The, the 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 you know the horrible mistress that is that is the scene that has to work and so yeah no I um yeah I swallowed it up and and just basically got stabbed and then I came out. <laughs> I gotta say, having watched the movie, having you explain, hey, they're summoning the devil, 
would definitely help with what mm. goes on in the movie. Mm. Because yeah. it, it, it would give you a little semblance of what's going on before you get to the like demon 20, 30 minutes later. Mm. Otherwise, it's just this really weird Nazi. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I think it was a foreboding thing that, that, that they're trying to get, um, which I think, you know, it comes down to the whole realism versus trying to tell the narrative of the story. And that, that can be quite a quite difficult balance, I think, sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, uh, I think the, the middle ground is to, to try to always play the truth uh, of what would happen in the scene because that's always going to, in my mind, work. As much as you, you know, got to propel the story, if you do too much exposition, then you know, you you you, you kind of, especially for something like like Devil's Rock, which is, let's face it, it, it's just awesome horror, Nazis and demons, and you know, I I mean, it's that, a good B horror film. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It knows what it is, which is so good. It, it doesn't pretend to be anything more sophisticated than. The Nazis and, and and demons and yeah, cool shit. So, and listeners, if you haven't seen it, it is available on Tubi right now for free. So go watch Ooh. it. Ooh, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, even if all you would have had to gotten to say was like, you know, the devil, and then <laughs> oh, that would have been like, the fuck is he talking about? And then later, yeah. oh, okay, that's what it was. But instead, the scene we get, you're coming out muttering something in German after you go, and then dead. It's like, yeah. well, that was, that was shit. <laughs> yeah, poor guy could have been like, man, I'm trying to defect. I want to go to the Allies. Take me to your side. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nope, sorry. No prisoners. Yeah, no. no prisoners. <laughs> Lawrence Arabia me. You know, I didn't go into the movie with a lot of expectations, and mm. it met every expectation I didn't have. <laughs> I, I know that might sound really weird, but, you know, you, you look at it on its surface, and when you hear Nazis and demons and stuff like that, it's like, okay, it's going to be a cheesy horror movie, mm. and you, you can't go into it expecting, like, this big blockbuster horror film and no. when you don't go into it like that you're in for a good story and yeah. the the team that worked on it put put out a really good movie and i'll it's one i'll watch again and, oh great you know yeah it's and, i mean the performances are pretty pretty my matt sutherland who, who plays the lead nazi he, he did a film in New Zealand, a New Zealand-based film of a horrific uh, shooting in New Zealand back in the 90s. And he played the, the person who did the, did the, um, the shooting. Uh, and and it, he, he's a, an amazing actor. Um, and so and I think um, uh, Craig Parker, I think, was the other, was the commando. Uh, so you've got some high-caliber New Zealand talent in there um, to propel, propel the journey along, which is, you know, I think helps. Um, again, playing the truth and those questions of what would you do face with the scenario? Um, what would you give in order to get someone back that you love? Which is, you know, pretty cool concept. Oh, yeah. And, and that really is the, the whole premise of the movie is, you know, how far are you willing to go to get back the love of your life? Mm. 
and mm. which sounds really weird for a horror movie. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. it, it comes down to storytelling. And again, it plays out really well for, you know, you have this demon who can uh, entice you to do pretty much whatever she wants. Mm. And mm. it it becomes very compelling. And the, the way she preys on her victims mm. and can pick each one apart differently is very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm. It reminds me of the film Solaris. I don't know if you've seen that with George Clooney. Um, in yes. a space premise. In a, in a very cool way. And I think Solaris was a film for me that, that I, I really kind of was like, whoa, that's a very hard conundrum and, and, and you know, moral sort of question to, to weigh up. Um, but yeah, and I think Devil's Rock did that too. And, and, and also with the added coolness of Nazis and demons. So... I think it, it has that you know sophistication concept, which really worked for it. That went above its production because it was very, very low budget, um, very low budget. I think I, I, I did it for free. I'm pretty sure. Were you a fan of horror movies growing up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just I, very I saw blunt. Freddy Krueger when yep. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Freddy Krueger when I was seven. Uh, my brothers uh, uh, were like watching it, and they told me, "You can't tell mum and dad that you've seen this." Uh, and mum and dad found out when I started screaming at the top of my lungs uh, when there was a cadaver walking down the high school corridors and I'm like ah! mum and dad come in and I got beat up the next day from my brother saying why'd you scream? I'm like because there's a dead body walking down the school hallway um, why didn't you so, silence yeah. me? <laughs> should have gagged me that would have made me much more comfortable um, uh <laughs> So, yeah, I know from a very early age, uh, I'd, I'd kind of started hitting horror. And, and my all-time favorite film is, is Alien, uh, the first Alien with, um, you know, with Ian Holm. And, and, and you know, that, oh, that, that is still for me the, the, the best sort of balance of sci-fi, horror, um, uh, drama. Because uh, and, and it, it really is, it is just a, a serial killer in a house. The house is just a spaceship and the serial killer is a, a monster alien. Um, but I just, I love everything about it and, and watching the characters, the way that they just deal with that pressure cooker scenario and, and just really cool design as well. Like really cool creature design. Um, I think that's where I fell in love with creatures was when I watched alien, uh, and, and just, just the, the horror and suspense. But yeah, it, it's, um, for me, a, a near perfect film. Um, but you know, then off the back of that, I, you know, watching, um, you know, uh, other horror horror films that, that that really I mean I love Japanese horror as well like The Ring I saw the, the Japanese Ring um, uh, uh, before I saw the American version uh, and that that scared the shit out of me man yeah um, that was uh, like I hadn't seen a film like that before uh, and it was just like it was too real like I remember going at the last bit you know just going holy shit I don't want her to come out oh my she's out of the television oh my god you know it was um yeah unbelievable such amazing um imagination to create a, a situations like that um so yeah big big horror fan say japanese horror is intense mm. Mm. It, it tends to be a lot darker than american horror and like i i, I don't understand how they've managed as a country to do this genre better than anybody else. 
uh, it's 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 the whole the whole thing I reckon of folklore, the Japanese folklore. I mean, I don't know much of it at all, but when I hear about it, it makes me just like Totoro. My I've got a mate, a, a, a Japanese uh, friend called Masa, who's a sculptor, uh, a very very good sculptor. But he told me that Totoro. You remember, the, you know, the Totoro 1988 yeah. Miyazaki film. He said that that's actually a a, a um uh, a child's uh like horror story and that Totoro stole the sister and drowned her and like there's this horrible like backstory of 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 Totoro which is really messed up and when he told me that I'm like I show my kids this movie but the actual thing is like really really twisted and I I think I think some of it's also cuz they're quite english in their kind of like japanese is so wonderful and pleasant and nice and they hold their sophisticated kind of societal kind of you know manners very high and then so when it breaks down and you get to the core of the, the that cerebral like you know deep dark kind of reaches of the you know of what this could go on in society i mean it's it's yeah that's why i think they go there because it's so uh duplicity there's that massive dark and light that goes on in the, in the society like that but yeah, twisted images, like the grudge as well, like twisted, twisted images. Yeah, the grudge is another one of those examples of just like phenomenal, just storytelling. Mm. And it, it just, you, you on the surface, you're just like, what the fuck, man? And then you dig into it and you're just like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> And it's the imagery that they are able to to create, like washing your hair and finding another hand in your hair is just like, oh, spine chilling, like goosebone stuff, and 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 just you know all to do with water and hair and 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 just it, it hits you right in the in the um in the gut, um and that that you know that core kind of dream you wake up from that you're just like that that's not cool what I just dreamt of, and then they managed to 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 put it into a film. Yeah, um, it's a, it's like a cold sweat dream. Yeah. Yeah, utter terror, utter terror. Yeah. My my brother actually when we watched The Ring, bastard, um we uh we watched it and it was on DVD and he's like, "Oh, hey, should we watch the 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 the, the video that they watch just to see, you know, just for a bit of a laugh." So we, you know, on the DVD we went to the extras and we watched the video and, you know, watched it in its entirety. And then the phone rings. <laughs> and we were like, "What the fuck?" Oh my! Everyone looked at each other like, "What the fuck?" Screaming, and my brother just—he was looking at me, and I saw his hand on his fucking cell phone, and he had teed it up. I so killed him. Minutes, yeah, and it was like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" It was like so bad, so bad. I remember actually in high school, I was Candyman um, with a girlfriend and her friend. Uh, and you remember Candyman, the the, the nineties flick? Yes, um, one of my yeah. favorites. Oh, and, and we watched Candyman, and then after we watched it, uh, my girl, my girlfriend at the time's friend was like, should I say Candyman five times in the mirror? And we're all like, yeah, do it, yeah, do it. And so she did it, and it was the worst decision. We didn't sleep a wink. Um, I had to get separated because, you know, I'm, I was like 14 or something, so I couldn't sleep in the same room as her. So I'm in the room by myself knowing that she just said Candyman five times. Oh, my God. It was so... So, so awesomely, um, shit. <laughs> well, that's similar to when Resident Evil was re-released on the GameCube. Um, mm. and they'd gone through and 
you know, redone all the graphics and everything like that. Me and a couple of my friends were sitting over at my friend's house playing it in the dark all day. Well, late at night, well, later at night, it had already gotten dark. You know, my friend's mom asked us to go to the store for her. Well, I had my pickup. So it was me and my friend up in the cab of my truck. And then our friend Kenny in the back. And we were just running up to the store. Well, and like I said, we're so we're playing this damn game all day in the dark, listening to that, you know, eerie music and you got the lights flickering all day and just you're in that mode of just zombies all day. <laughs> and this little shit. First time I pull up to a stop sign, reaches his hand through the driver's side window. <laughs> scared the but I about killed that guy. Oh no. Oh. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, but so good. What are friends it's, it's for, funny. right? <laughs> oh, I reckon. I reckon. It's so funny how it's like you explain it to people who aren't into horror. And they're like, why would you do that? My, my wife doesn't like horror um, because it's too real for her. Um, and so I always have to watch these bloody movies by myself. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's that whole thing of, of just um, – it's a roller coaster. And that's the best way to describe it for people who don't understand horror. It's, it's that roller coaster and that thrill and that adrenaline rush. Oh yeah. Um, which which is which is how how I I kind of feel it, and it's that you know it, it's like whoa you know that that's that's the thing that I think and it, it is a kick. It's a, it's a rush, which I think is really awesome. Which is why why when you get that that equal with the not only the rush of the the, the, the fear the, that base sort of fight or flight, but then awesome scenarios and awesome kind of imag- imaginative um, ways of telling a story or imaginative thing. That's where 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 it kind of becomes that that absolute magic. Um, and, and you get those things where it's like, I, I need to get out of the situation, but it's just a movie. Actually, I had that in the sixth sense. I remember thinking in my head, I have to leave the cinema. I can't be in here. I need a safe space. <laughs> get me out of here. And I know the sixth sense isn't very, um, scary. Like it's much more kind of, um, it's a mind trip. It's a mind trip. But the thing is, is that I resonated so much with that, with the little kid, because I remember as, as a kid feeling like I could see things like that and, and imagining there's something behind a monster that's always behind you in your peripheral. Every time you turn, he flutters around or it flutters around behind you. And so like, uh, I, I, I kind of, yeah, it, it was the only time I think I've, I've been in a cinema where I was like, I need to get out of here. Um, but now watching it again, I'm like, yeah, it's not too bad, but I think it's that whole thing of where's it going. Um, which is so good. Well, and like as weird as it sounds on nights where I can't, like get to sleep i'll put it in an old horror film watch it and i'll sleep like a baby <laughs> yeah get the adrenaline pumping yeah you know because you, you i say yeah you go through that you know adrenaline roller coaster and you get your highs your lows and you've emotionally worn yourself out mm. and yeah you're sleeping like a baby mm. yeah yeah, I, 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 and I hate that. I, I, um, I do that sometimes because uh, if I'm flying somewhere and I'll be in a – well, when we used to be able to fly uh, and I'm in a hotel room uh, and I'll, I'll be – it's really difficult sometimes when you're in an old hotel and, and, and I'm just like, oh, man, I stayed in one in Canada and it was an old hotel and I was just like, 
oh man, I don't, I did, did, didn't feel right in there. And I'm like getting up at four in the morning and, you know, working really late. And I'm like, oh, I really hope something doesn't happen. I really hope there's not a noise. And there's always noises in hotels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you think of the, you think of the shining, you know, you're always <laughs> going to open the corridor. There's this long corridor. There's these two twins. And you're like, I'm not playing with you. Come like, play with us. Yeah. Forever oh. and ever and shut forever up. And ever. <laughs> oh, and you you start going in that cycle of, of not being able to shake those those thoughts and, and those 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 images from your head, which is oh why they stick with you so well. And that, that woman in the bath, man. Every time I look in a bath and I haven't looked at it before, I see that woman in the bath. Holy shit. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's the best part about horror movies is they they have the lasting images mm. and honestly i think that's the mark of a good horror film is that if it can leave you with an image that you will always picture when you get to a certain point like if you know say you're sitting in the bathroom in you know an unfamiliar bathroom, and someone comes pounding on the door. Mm. I always go to, you know, the axe coming through the door. Mm. With uh, here's Johnny. Th- that's that, that's where my mind goes. Mm. Every time, and oh. it's like, oh fuck. <laughs> My I, my bathroom ones and 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 it is from a from a young age as well is from it the TV miniseries with with Tim Curry <laughs> and the, the fucking basin with the blood. Oh, I remember God. used to be I was so scared to brush my teeth because I thought if I spit down there and blood like you know and every now and then you you know you hit your gum a bit hard and you get a bit of blood in your toothpaste. Man, it, I I was so scared of drains for for for, for so long. Um, and it, and it just, that, that imagery and that, that sense of isolation of when you're in the bathroom by yourself and there's someone calling to you from inside the sink and, oh man. Yeah. I, I, Tim Curry is, is actually one of my favorite actors just because of the way he can uh, play like such amazingly different characters. Um, and obviously it, the, you know, Pennywise from it, his character was just so twisted, so beautifully portrayed. Um, his you know, teeth that, freak me out. Oh, when he switches from the funny clown or the you know that that conniving clown to that monster, and you're just like, "Get me the fuck out of here!" Yeah. Um, it was so good, so good. Um, you know, and then you see him in Legend as as darkness as well, and he played it with such you know delight and and power, and you know he, he's just that's the type of shit that gets me when you can have people be someone completely be a thing that's completely different uh human but different or even non non you know creature but different and it all comes down to the things that really jazz me like breath and stance and where you hold your muscles and those things they just um yeah because you, you can even walking differently can have a different uh you know level of, of imposing on people uh and and people like tim you know they they do it amazingly super super cool with that, I couldn't think of a better segue. Let's talk about you becoming a horror icon with Krampus. <laughs> yeah. As talking yeah, about, that. you know, becoming something else and that imposing figure and just the way you carry yourself. And 
you you got to bring to life something that had only existed in folklore and images until this movie well and a direct to film movie of the at the same year but yours yeah. the, your movie got all the credit because even the critics are like don't watch this other one go see <laughs> i was like damn <laughs> how yeah. bad is that movie I, <laughs> oh, I'm sure if it had not come out right behind it, they would have been like they're working their ass off on it, and they're like, "Yeah, we've delivered the movie." What the? Another Krampus? Oh my god, it's got Tony Collette in it. Oh great, this is gonna go well. <laughs> um, you know, I feel for them because I mean they would have put the heart and soul into it. Yeah, um, but yeah, but I mean, look, yeah, the the the, the Krampus set that that we made was a massive team effort, and I I mean I was super super chuffed. Like I I, I was pretty pretty amazed that I got I got to play that role because um, you know I'm not a tall person um, uh, I'm only 5'8 maybe 5'9 on a good day uh, so to play that character I knew I was going to be in, in for a bit of a ride um, and it was going to be much to as much to do about the costume than it is for me I'm merely the driver and, and the, 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 the team that put together that costume were really the ones that you know it's yeah it, it, it's it's i think the thing that made it um but also yeah such a cool character I, I remember i'd heard of krampus a little bit prior to getting the material before i did the audition uh and i was kind of like oh that's right i knew something about krampus and then i started looking online and they gave us a whole pack with all this stuff and i was just like man that is twisted yeah man, it's like <laughs> okay kids if you're good you get a present from saint nick and if you're bad a demon takes you in a cage and whips you it's like, wow. Uh, okay, that's twisted. I remember talking to my German friends and like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to have, you know, Uncle Uncle Jim would dress up as Santa Claus, and then um, Uncle Tom he'd dress up as as Krampus, and he'd sit behind you in a black cloak, swinging a chain around, and all the kids are just sitting there, crapping themselves. And I'm like, this is fucked up, like in the coolest way. But like, oh man. Oh, it, it is. It, it, you're talking about like a culture that has deep traditions and stuff. I mean, the Germans. That's that is some deep, deeply twisted shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that costume looked heavy as shit. Was it? Was it as heavy as it looked, or is it just bulky? It. It is. Yes, it was very heavy. It was um uh forty forty kilos, which I think works out to be about ninety pounds. Oh, I think. That's a damn person. Um, yeah, it, it was a, it was, it was close to a person, and I was, I'm about 140 pounds, maybe. Um, I think if I got my conversion right, um, if anyone's listening, has got a calculator that's 65, 66 kilos. Um, so yeah, it was a fair swack of weight. But one thing that was really good about the costume was because I was involved. I was at Weta, um, uh, you know, after the audition, I got the role. Um, they were like, you know, well, this is great because we can start building it to you and you know and 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 building it to your specifications and starting off with the legs to get my height so i was in these um what they call digi legs or they're kind of like laughing stilts uh, and they give me a, a good i don't know foot foot and a half um uh on my own feet and so once i had those on we started figuring out about um how it was going to rig and also there was some really great artwork that we did about what the actual creature underneath it there was that that kind of you know, Christmassy kind of awesome design with the the cloak and and all the. Um, I'm actually looking at a statue of it. I'm at Weta at the moment in their in their meeting room, and I'm looking at a statue of um 
of a like a, a 12 inch Krampus. Um, but all, all that cloak and, and those big sleeves and stuff, we're like, well, let's, that's the, the Krampus that he's showing everyone. Um, but the actual creature underneath was this much more kind of, um, goatish type creature. And so we're looking at the legs that would give me that height, but also give me the, um, the bone structure. So to give that dog leg kind of thing. And then so off the back of that, we put these big hips, uh, and, um, which that when I walked, you could see the hips underneath cloak kind of sliding back and forth. And then on top of these big shoulder bits that, um, allowed me to kind of move my shoulder blades and my spine and, um, and, you know, and kind of building it from the, the muscle structure up, which is, which is really, um, sometimes quite daunting when you're building a costume because you, you, when you're performing a, a creature or even a, like a, you know, a, even like a, a orc or a goblin or something, you really don't get a sense of, of what the creature is and what they're going to do until you're in that costume and you're in that, that base suit and you start looking at, oh, okay. What way does the head move? What way does the, the breath initiate strength or initiate um, the, the motion? And so for me, it was a lot of time getting used to the legs and then kind of getting used to the body and going, oh, okay, this makes sense. But then when they put the cloak on, that's when shit got real because I reckon the cloak was almost half the weight of the suit um, because there was just layers and layers and layers of, of cloth and chains. And the chains were all, you know, plastic chains or painted and locks that were all painted. But after a while, it just starts to weigh up. And so once the cloak went on, I was like, holy shit, this is going to be hard to move it. Um, and then and then when the face went on, and, and I, don't, I don't know if you've seen much behind-the-scenes stuff, but I, I didn't have any visual, uh, like I couldn't see out, out of anywhere. I had a little, basically a reversing camera off a car uh, out one of the moles, and then there's like an iPhone sort of size screen in the back of the head that I was operating like with my hand. And that's how I saw the world. Uh, and, and the thing is, is that the minute you lose your real kind of your eyes, actually figuring out where you are in space, your inner ear just, just goes crazy. And so I was really, really disorientated initially and, you know, almost fell over, um, quite a bit to get started. Um, and, and when, once I started going, I'm like, okay, this is like playing a computer game with your whole body. You just have to kind of, the controller is my legs and my arms and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, okay, and I have to move the head this way and, you know, and I sort of started to get, to get used to it. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was very much a developmental process from, from Weta and myself to kind of get it to a space where I could even move in it. Uh, and then once I could move in it sort of well, then came the whole thing of the walk uh, and that walk kind of defined the character. And that walk was not easy. <laughs> um, it, uh, yeah, really, really heavy footsteps was what, um, Mike wanted, the director. Uh, and that was quite hard because the feet were quite heavy. So when you've got a heavy footstep and a large kind of gait step, you really have to bring your leg right up and then <laughs> slash it down, smack it down. And, and that, that lot think of tall. stomach and core. Think tall, yeah. Think tall, because you know the creature looks all bent over and his fingers are all gnarled and stuff. But inside it, I'm pretty much looking like Ripley in the I'm in the power loader from Aliens. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not it's not like that. And and the best way I've described it to to quite a few people, and this is how pretty much all suit performance goes, is it's you're doing a ballet dance in a bulldozer, um, because you're pushing these cables around and you're using this lever this way and. And it doesn't feel natural, and definitely what looks like on the outside is not what's going on on the inside. Um, and that's all about feedback and support from your crew to be able to say, 
hey, when you move your head like that, it looks really cool. When you move your head like that, you look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, getting, getting honesty. Um, I did a job uh, called I Am Mother um, uh, a couple of years back. Uh, and the director and I on that were very honest at the beginning. I said, now, we're not going to be able to do this. This whole film has me in a robot suit, the whole movie. We have to, egos aside, if it looks like shit, tell me. Tell me it's not working um, so that we don't end up shooting days and days of stuff where you then replace me with CG. I want to be in the movie. And so it got really great. We just say, hey, that, that turn looked like crap. Or, no, I didn't really buy it when you lifted your head. And, and the same thing happened with Mike. He'd say, come up to me and say, hey, that last little shuffle with your legs wasn't working or the way you, you dipped your hand down didn't work. And, and, and having that honesty of feedback is so important when you're doing a creature like this because I've got, I got no idea, you know, um, especially sometimes when the cameras weren't working and everything was upside down. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, you, 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 it has to be a team effort. What was the uh, audition process like for getting a role like that because i mean you you obviously you're going to be on camera a, a lot but not really on camera per se mm-hmm. mm. but it, it all the, the audition the audition was um it was a weird audition but i mean all auditions are strange the whole premise of an audition is is really weird and i, I even after 20 years of doing this i still hate them um but the thing about an audition especially one like this is it all, it all comes down to choices. Uh, I think, and that's what Mike was trying to see is, is that we basically got up on a, on a, uh, there was a, a table, uh, and a production assistant. And basically he said, I want you to, to come out underneath that table. Like you're coming out of the fireplace, step towards this production assistant. It wasn't even another actor. And I want you to, to kind of caress her face like you would in the film. And then, run your hand down her face uh, like you, you know, like with the, with the, the, the grandmother character right before I, you know, I take her in the, in the Santa sack. And so you, you basically, it's all about the decision-making of how you think that creature would act and what decisions it would do in those, those places. And so, yeah, I was in a sports gear in a singlet and, and, and shorts, uh, no shoes on. And I basically pretended to be a seven foot demon, with uh you know a seven foot demon with horns on and 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 this big long tongue uh but me as this you know <laughs> thin little white dude uh <laughs> walking across and and doing it and it, it just came down i think to the decision making that i did and 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 you know and, and mike would say okay let's look at how you'd land if you were jumping from rooftop to rooftop uh and and and, and it, he he I guess what they're looking for is 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 how you embody that character and, and what ways you change the way you move uh, and I guess he liked what I, you know, what, what I, what I did because ultimately there, there was a guy I met called, um, I've become friends with, um, since, since this called Jason Lillis. I think I've forgotten how to say his name properly, but he played, um, George on Rampage. Uh, he played the big, um, monkey dude. Uh, and he's like, I think he's seven foot and real tall and lanky and he was going to be Krampus. Um, but they, uh, uh, you know, Mike was like, I want, you know, you to play this role, but, but then they came down to New Zealand and, and it, it didn't work out with his schedule. And so that's why they started auditioning here. Uh, and I'm not anywhere near like, um, Jason's, um, height or, you know, um, uh, body, but, uh, and that's the thing is, oh, is you're like half one, of once, him. half, yeah, literally half. Um, and so. So once, once I got the role, they were like, well, this is, we're going to use this, this fact that we've got a, 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 a small dude in a suit to our advantage. And that's why the whole stilts thing 
uh, kind of came on. And so Mike took a bit of a risk by going, well, I like the way Luke moves as a five foot eight dude. How's he going to move as a seven foot whatever demon? I think it paid off because it gave it a very, very strange, unique uh, kind of feel. Um, and, and, and I think it, um, you know, it, it worked out in the end. Um, but, but yeah, thanks to Mike for, for being, um, uh, confident enough to give it to me because it was a bloody awesome, awesome journey, really hard work. And I also, some of the performances had, I had a couple of, um, uh, friends of mine helping me out, like in the scene, the exact scene when we actually shot it, uh, when we were coming out of the fireplace, um, a girl called Kate Venables, who's a, who's a friend of mine is also a performer. Um, she was my literally my uh, right hand um, girl, and so because I've got one hand on the head and one hand operating the one hand, uh, she would be the other hand, and so she was basically operating and then straddling my thigh and walking along the the, the corridor, and I'm smashing this hoof down, trying to miss her feet. Um, oh, you know, it was a yeah, oh, and we we hadn't rehearsed it, and she's like. I'm like, I have to, and the way I have to walk is pretty much stand every step. And I was so, she's just ballet dancer. I mean, imagine if I broke her foot. Um, so, you know, it's a very, very, um, again, team, team orientated thing. But yeah, and that, that came down to, 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 um, team, to how, how we both interpreted how it was going to move and stuff. And the fireplace again was, was me on the head and the hand and, and, um, her on the other hand. But yeah, I mean, that was so much fun. Hard, hard, hard work. Like, like dripping sweat, can't breathe, think you're going to hurl. Um, and I remember after the fireplace, we came out and had all the smoke and soot come out. Uh, and and me, and me and Kate were like, that was fucked. I thought I was going to die. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Um, you know, really, really trying to breathe. And we're thinking we can't do another one. And then Mike comes running. He's like, you got to see the video split. you got to see the video split. We ran and, and looked at it, and it was like, oh, yeah, we'll do it again. That was awesome. <laughs> you know, watching it back, you're like, oh, fuck it. It's, 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 it's a small price to pay. You just suffocate. We'll, we'll do it again. <laughs> it's funny. Watching Krampus, uh, you know, I was watching the way, you know, your character and all of your uh, minions interact. Mm. And it's interesting that the villains in the movie – it kind of plays out similar to like a Hellraiser or a Puppet Master movie where Krampus isn't really the villain. You know, mm. like in Hellraiser, Pinhead isn't, well, I mean, now he is, but <laughs> he, he wasn't the Cenobite. He, you know, he, he was one of many. And that's kind of how it plays out in this movie because you have Krampus, but you don't see him that much. You see the gingerbread mm. men. You see that creepy fucking owl guy, girl, that little robot, um, the teddy bear, mm. the worm clown. Mm. And it, it it just had that feel of like he was bad enough that he doesn't have to do his own dirty work. Mm. He could just sit back and be like, go ahead. <laughs> have fun. I I think, and I think that's what makes it all the more creepy and the more scary is, is the fact that it's, there's some society or some level of, of organization to the, the chaos and the, and the, the horrific, you know, things going on and the fact that it, who's behind the curtain and who's really pulling the strings. And 
are the villains and the demons yourselves, you know, your family, or is it is it this Krampus dude? Is he just, you know, putting you in a, uh, in, a in a pressure cooker and seeing what happens? Um, I, I I kind of re- I liked that. Um, I liked the fact that it it because it, it it leads you wanting more, and I think I think uh, I, I had a little bit of worry in, in certain certain cinemas uh, sort of films coming out over the last I guess twenty years about how much you see the villain, how much you know about the monster. You know, watching it just either doing its thing on camera and you're learning all about it and da 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 And I think that's the thing that I, I really like about horror films where you don't know shit. You you just – it is just some creepy-ass stuff that happens. There might be some rhyme or reason, but really there isn't. It's just some evil evil crap that got, you know, dredged up from a mine or, you know, who knows what. Um, And it, it I think that makes you all the more worried because you can kind of – you know, you can reason with, or you can barter with, or you can kind of understand it. But when it's just some twisted thing that's setting its its other twisted things on you, it, it has that yeah that that sense of um, separation, which makes you like, well, how am I ever going to get out of this? Because I can't even get to the puppet master. How am I going to deal with this? So yeah, I think um, I think that's what I loved about it. Oh yeah, I mean, w- when you look at it, it's how much backstory is too much backstory. Mm. You know, I mean, you have. And what was great was Omi, the grandma, knew what was going on. Like, the minute mm. everything changed, she didn't say a damned thing. You know, and it was just like, it was one of those, you're looking at it, you're just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, you know what's going on, why, why are you keeping your mouth shut? But then, at the same time, you're like, well, it keeps the suspense going. Mm. You know, because she easily could have said, you know, 15, 20 minutes into the movie, here's what we're facing and laid out her Mm. story. And then you knew from then on, this is what you're looking at. But prior to her laying out her story, all you had were these random kills and these hints of your character Mm. and you know what he looked like and his size and just how menacing he really was Mm. and it's funny looking at reviews of the movie some people really hated that and (laughs) others really loved it and it's like well to each their own i personally loved it because like you said it's it, it adds to the mystique. It adds to that, you know, it, it keeps you guessing and wanting more of, you know, it, it keeps the big bad in the dark just a little longer. Well, I think it's also that question of, of, of that whole thing of exposition. And, and if you found out what was going on, and if I think you you lose your sense of, how it would feel to be in that situation as one of those characters if you know everything because they don't know anything. Um, and so if it's all explained to you, then 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 you're kind of like, oh, okay, I know what's going on. And you kind of get a level of relaxation. And I understand some people find it frustrating. They'll be like, oh, I'm not seeing the story. I don't know what's going on. This is all just people dying. But for me personally, I, I like it where you you have to discover when the characters discover. You obviously know more than everyone um, because you're, you know, you're, you're only out. But I think, I think um, not knowing 
what's going on and why it's going on. You you have a, a level of, of, of aligning your emotional journey with the characters. Um, such like the thing. Like, I mean, you know, the, the, the first the 80s thing, I mean, that that is such a great way of keeping everyone in the dark. Like, no one knows what the hell this thing is. Oh, yeah. And it is, it is, it is just ripping through, destroying people. You never know who it, I mean, it's such a good premise. And I think that's the thing about Krampus as well is, is that you just don't even know who, what's happening or where it's coming from and, and, and what it's all, you know, there's, you've obviously probably read the, the, um, synopsis before you went in the movie, but it, it, it's not spoon feeding it to you, which I think is great for horrors because that, yeah, keeps you suspenseful and it keeps you in the moment. Cause if, it's like the there's the is it the night of the living dead or return of the living dead or something where where there's the the, the two idiots with a can uh, of radioactive waste and 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 it's kind of all explained really kind of and it becomes almost it becomes humorous and I think that's the thing is is that horror like this which is Gremlins eighties awesome horror uh, at its heart it has a chance to become humorous in the wrong way but I think it didn't by keeping the audience in the dark. Well, yeah, and the other upside of keeping audience in the dark is it kept hope alive that much mm. longer because when she tells her story he can't be killed <laughs> well okay great you have this guy that's out to kill you that you can't kill so what are you supposed to do you know, you're expected to accept your fate and die. So by not telling her story, it still gave them that will to fight that, you know, we can beat this thing and we're going to make it out of here alive. Mm. So there's definitely a case for holding stuff like that back. And then yeah. at the right I, moment, dropping the, you know, letting the other shoe drop. And you're just like, all hope is lost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing of, of if, you, if you're going to resign yourself, it's how, you know, how you want to go. And I mean, I think, I think it's so good because, um, you know, MJ, the, the actor's character goes from a massive journey of all is lost. I hate Christmas. I don't want it. I hate my family to then right at the very end, you know, being complete opposite saying all I want is my family. And I, I, you know, and, and, and that, that whole thing of keeping hope alive and, and, and learning from it is, is all tied up with that. Yeah. And, and if, if you, even if you're told all hope is lost, you're like, well, stuff that I'm, I'm going to give it a go because if you don't, what, what's the point in any of it? Cause to be honest with you, none of us are getting out of this place alive. So, so uh, you know, we we you know, we, how how are you going to deal with what you've been given? And I, I I think that's what what was great about that that character journey for for MJ is is deciding okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try and get him back, and and um, he gets thrown in a hole, but hey, who cares? <laughs> he yeah, gave it a go. <laughs> it's the uh, horror version of It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, yes. It's also I mean, there's another film, uh, Never Let Me Go. Have you seen Never Let Me Go? Yeah. yeah, it's that whole thing of, well, you're not going to get out of there. You're, you're stuffed, and it's just about how you live your life. Uh, that, that is really, you know, and it has that that kind of mirroring of real life. You know, you mm -hmm. only get one chance at it, um, which I, I think is, is really cool. So uh, before we wrap this up, what are your plans for the holidays? <laughs> well, you know, with, with the whole world the way it is, 
um, you know, travel and all that stuff. Uh, I could still get a few goats together and, you know, maybe a big sleigh uh, and, and kind of see, you know, see, see what takes me there. Because I know there's probably some bad people in the last, uh, last year. You know, we've all, we've all had some pretty hard times, so I'm sure there's been some people doing some pretty bad things. Uh, so, you know, who knows? I might take a journey across the South Pacific, uh, <laughs> make my way up there, say hello, you know. Swing over to America. <laughs> it's the best country. Swing over to America. Oh, yes, yes. I, I must say, um, being in New Zealand, uh, we do feel for you over in America. Uh, we, you know, we've got a tiny little island nation, and we were able to, to, to kind of close it down really quick. So I, my heart, gen- genuinely, our heart goes out to all my, my, my friends and brothers and sisters in America. Uh, and across the world because it's a very hard time. But stay inside and then watch a, uh, you know, with the snow outside and watch a film about being stuck inside with the snow outside. Yeah. So where can my listeners keep up with upcoming projects and just kind of follow you on like social media and stuff like that? Well, for me, um, uh, the best place is Weta Workshop um, because I that's kind of my um, my uh, avenue. Most most things I do with with, with what I'm doing. Uh, is, is through the Where to Workshop. So if everyone goes to the Where to Workshop uh, Facebook and Instagram things, they'll see stuff there and you can go and, and see other things that I've done. Uh, and and every, IMDB is another place to catch up every now and then because for me, social media is, is something that I've, I've kind of shied away from this year. Um, I don't blame it, uh, you. It's been very, very uplifting, I must say. And I, I, I want to start uh, No Social Media March because uh, I reckon that getting back to, uh, you know, that type of living, I think, can can help everyone's brains because we've gone through a lot, and it's nice to take heed of what's important. Um, but yeah, where to workshop? You you go on there, you'll you'll find me, and uh, they can reach me anytime they want. And listeners, you can uh, I'll link those in the episode description. You can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com or on Twitter at Moose Media Inc. Luke, it was uh, great chatting. Uh, Krampus and interestingly enough, Lord of the Rings with you. Uh, <laughs> mm. It was very, very nice chatting to you. It was um, thanks for having me on. It's it's nice to to chat to fellow fans. Oh yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. And like I said, I was really glad we were able to lock this down. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it kept feeling like the uh, the the lockdowns. They kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. But finally, yeah. finally we uh, finally it <laughs> happened. We we put on a mask and we we're able to make it work. <laughs> have to have you on again sometime and we'll uh dissect a horror movie of your choice yes since you are a fan of horror in general we'll pick a movie and just bullshit about a movie um uh, that's that's all i do all day every day (laughs) when we're not making (laughs) them just bullshitting about the ones we like oh yeah so yeah, yeah uh thanks again for coming by and hope you have a you know, Merry Christmas and hope everyone stays safe. Yes. Merry Christmas and stay on the naughty list. It's more fun. You definitely get more rewards. <laughs> so happy holidays, horror hounds, and until next time. And next year. Mash on. This has been Moose's Monster Mash. Come back for more chills and thrills, if 